Praise the Lord. All right. Well, if you got your Bibles with you this morning, I invite you to turn with me this morning to the Gospel of Mark chapter 4. Pastors Joel and Jamie asked me if I could do something that's got to do with the parable of the sower. And uh, so we're going to talk about that very topic. It's called Ears to Hear. But just before we get there, or perhaps... Uh, you know, just before we start reading that, I want to give you a little bit of an update. You know, we've been traveling the world for the last, well, couple of years now for sure. I uh, just want to give you an update because the last time I was here, we were just on our way to Ethiopia. And uh, so I want to give you a little bit of an update as to what has happened there. You know, as you can tell, Ethiopia is a large country, of about 100 million people uh, filled with Orthodox Christians, uh, filled with many Muslims, it's half-half. Not very many born-again believers yet, but the ones who are there, very, very hungry, very much on fire. Uh, we, are, we are working with a group of churches. Actually, there are over a thousand churches with several thousand pastors. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna be involved a lot more over the next little while. But uh, just to give you a little bit of an update. This past trip back in April. I uh, had the privilege to go uh, with the team. It's a team of one American, uh, two Ethiopians, one gentleman from Djibouti. Uh, Djibouti used to be part of Ethiopia. It's now a separate country, totally Muslim. So this man, you know, you can see him uh, third from the left. Uh, he pastored there, and he was... He had many, uh, you know, threats on his life. He's been beaten up many times. And uh, so he moved to Canada <laughs> to escape some of that. But, you know, he's going to work with us as well to do more, more work. So we had two Ethiopians, one gentleman from Djibouti. We had a Swiss guy, Antoine. We had one American and one Canuck on this team. And we went into different places. You know, one of the places that we went to, uh, you know, was just really, really dry. It had not rained there for three years. And so we said, well, you know, you can change that with the word and with the power of God. So we prayed. All the pastors prayed. You know, we had a prayer meeting for rain. That same night, we had a huge shower coming down. Hallelujah. So there was the one of many. Uh, just to let you know, there's a lot of people here. You know, you can see uh, people are being trained. These are uh, ministry leaders, not only pastors, but missionaries, evangelists, all kinds of different people. And they, we, we have the, the ability, the privilege, you know, during the daytime we train people, we train pastors and ministry leaders. In the evening we do campaigns. And these pastors and ministry leaders are being trained. And they go right back. All of them are pastoring in areas where there's a large Muslim concentration. Or if there's not a large Muslim concentration, there's a concentration of, of devil-worshipping people called the Wakafada. And I don't want to get into that too much, but they do everything, you know, what you can expect has to do with, you know, serving the devil, including child sacrifice. That's where a lot of the human trafficking takes place as well. And uh, so they are going back to those places to reach their area, Muslims and devil-worshipping people. You know, you can tell just by their faces. They were really, really into the word, praise the Lord. 
And uh, so then we went back to a village, and some of you were, were with us. That's why I want to give a little bit of an update. We went right back to the village where we were three years ago, just to, you know, give an update. You remember the time? I think I told you that, so I don't want to get into all the details. But, you know, there's one gentleman, one Muslim gentleman, you know, sitting right there. Well, actually, both of them are right to my left, uh, the ones furthest to the... You know, the little guy with the white, <laughs> That's the, he was the guy that opened up the whole village to us. And uh, so he said, you know, if you purchase a vehicle for our village, then we're going to serve the Lord. And so we, we, we did that. We raised money. We raised about $25,000, and we sent them a vehicle. And so we went back to follow up on that. And I have good news that I can tell you that over 500 people have accepted the Lord just in that village alone. So when we went there, the, you know, uh, there were nine elders. And so seven out of the nine elders have, have been born again. The only two who are not born again are sitting right next to me. <laughs> They're sitting right, right there, but they did openly and without hesitation say that the blessing of the Lord has come upon their village because of the Lord, because of the God of the Bible. That's what they said. So they, they recognized that. I wanted to, you know, to really uh, tie into that little guy there because he's the one who opened up, who opened up the village and I wanted to let him know we have kept our end of the bargain. So wouldn't it be good for you to keep your end of the bargain that you receive Jesus as Lord? But they... You know, they got on me like a chicken on the bug. They said, don't do that, don't do that, because he's on his way. It's just a process. It will be just a matter of time, and he will accept the Lord as well. So uh, these are some of the Muslim children that we have reached. Praise the Lord. And, uh, you know, this is the lady that we've been working with. She's got a lot of favor. We purchased a vehicle for her. Remember that? This is Belcha is her name. Right now, uh, she's been given some land, and on that land, uh, you know, the Muslim village has given her the land so she can build a church. And so she asked us, you know, can you build a, help us build a church? And so, well, we're not in a place to do that now, but I believe in the future we will sure do, do that as well. And, of course, I can't help uh, to not have a picture taken with all the kids. These are not prisoners. <laughs> These are kids, and that's what they wear in that school. All of them are from Muslim homes, but they've all got born again and are now attending a Christian school that we are uh, supporting. So that's a little bit of an, of an update. Our doors are wide open for us in that area, not only there, but other parts of the world as well. So thank you for your support. You know, for your support as a church and for some of you supporters on an individual, on an individual basis. Because I believe it's good seed going into good soil that's going around the world. Amen. So that you've got fruit to your account as well. Amen. All right. Uh, if you found the, the, the Gospel of Mark chapter 4, it would be good for us to start reading. But just before we, we read, oh, I see we got a timer up there. Is that, I, I suppose that is a hint, all right? I will take that as a subtle hint. <laughs> Amen. But uh, just, just before we get there, just before we read Mark chapter 4, I want to make two statements just to see... Uh, if you can agree with those statements. If you don't agree with them, we're going to go a different direction. <laughs> but if you agree with those statements, and I believe that we've got something 
to talk about. And uh, this, this is the statement that I want to make. We are living in a socially char- charged world of those who have and those who have not, commonly referred to as the haves and the have-nots. Are we good so far? I don't see anybody throwing rocks or attempting to throw rocks, but that's kind of where we are, right? Second statement that I want to make is, in this perceived reality, we find that the haves are clinging to what they have acquired, while the have-nots are doing their utmost to get a bigger piece of the pie by demanding that the haves should share. Is that right? Amen. Maybe you find yourself in one of those camps. But the good news, when you know the gospel, when you know God, when you know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you know what? It doesn't have to be this way. It can be a total different way. And that's why I want to read to you a few scriptures beginning in Mark chapter 4 and verse 21. There's kind of a buzz here, like an electrical buzz. They're working on it? Okay, I thought maybe nobody noticed it except me, but okay. Verse 21, this is what Jesus said right after he read or right after he uh, told us the parable of the sower. He said, and he said unto them, his disciples, is a candle brought to be put under a bushel? Would you agree with me that a bushel is kind of a measuring, a measuring factor, a bushel? Or under a bed and not to be set on a candlestick? He said, for there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested. Neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. Now notice this, if any man have ears to hear, let him hear. If any man has ears to hear, let him hear. So obviously just because you've got a set of ears does not automatically mean that you hear what God has to say. Is that right? You're going to have to uh, decide in your spirit first and foremost that that's you. Right? You know, God doesn't just give everything out to, 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 to whoever. Now, He is not a respecter of persons. Is that right? He's not a respecter of persons. So He will send His word to whosoever will. Isn't that right? He will, he will do whatever He can do to get your attention. But how you respond to Him is not up to Him. That's up to you. Is that right? So that means you have to decide in your spirit that you're going to have ears to hear. Does that make sense to you? All right. Then he goes on to say, And he said unto them, Take heed what you hear, with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you, and unto you who hear shall more be given. Amen. For him, verse 25, for he who has, to him shall be given. And he who has not, from him shall be taken even that which he has. Or like some other translations say, from him shall be taken even what he thinks or what he seems he has. So it sounds to me that what you have and what you don't have is not a matter of politics. It's not a matter of education. 
It's not a matter of your geographical lo location. It's a matter of what you hear and how you measure what you hear. Would you agree with that? Amen. Everything in life. You know, really, uh, really what this means is, according to Jesus, the one who has as a result of hearing will have more. The one who thinks he has it all without, without having a base, without hearing it, tends to lose everything that he has at some point. Is that interesting, isn't it? Right? So the haves and the have-nots, you know, without us really knowing what we're talking about, it has to do with hearing. How many of you know that everything in life comes by hearing? Number one, faith comes by hearing. Is that right? That's what the Bible says. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Well, if faith comes by hearing, guess what else comes by hearing? Fear would come by hearing as well. Right? If you're tuned in to, you know, to whatever, to all of the news media, to perhaps all the social media, to everything that's out there, you know, guess what you're hearing? You're hearing things that will breed and will grow fear on the inside of you. Now, it's not that you're shaking in your boots or anything, but it, it just does something to your spirit. After a while, you have become so used to hearing fear that you think that's normal. That's just the way it is. But if you make some changes and you choose to hear what God has said, praise the Lord, then guess what? You don't need to worry at all because faith will be a strong force inside of you. Amen. You remember even, you know, this just, uh, just, you know, comes to mind at this moment. You know, they, you know Jesus had, had seven messages to seven different churches. Isn't that right? And to one of the churches, you know, actually two of the churches, he had no, he had nothing but praise. Right? He, he said, you know, you're doing an amazing work. You're doing a great job. Keep doing what you're doing. And then he said to, uh, to, to one of the churches, because you have kept the word of my patience, I will take you from the tribulation that shall come upon the world. How many of you know that's good news? Because you've kept the word of my patience. Now, I don't know about you, but that's who I want to be. Amen. Not only, only is that the person that I want to be, by faith they're going to have to make a statement. That's, that's me. Anytime when you read the Bible and you just read it in a general way, it's going to be generally measured to you. But if you take it to heart and you say, that's me, guess what's going to happen? It's going to be measured to you the way that you hear it. Is that right? So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, information comes by having heard. Amen. Information comes by having heard. Why am I saying that? Because there are just so many people that will say this. Well, I've, I've heard that before. I've heard that message before. I've heard that before. You know, some other people try to, you know, pawn that off on me too. I've heard that before. 
While that may be, you may, you may have heard that before, and there's no question about it. If you've got the information, but just because you've got the information does not automatically mean that you have the revelation of it. When you've got the revelation of it, then light comes, and when the light is there, faith is automatically there. Hallelujah. That's what you're looking for. You've got to meditate the Word. You're going to have to say it over and over and over again until it becomes you personally. You may have the information that tells you by the stripes of Jesus I was healed. You may, you may have heard that. So you've, had, you've, you've picked up the information. But if you want to apply that to yourself, you're going to have to measure it in a way saying, we're talking about me here. Amen. Every time when you read, read scripture, you got to say, that's me. That's me to a T. <laughs> Amen. When you read in Christ scriptures, you say, that's me to the tree. <laughs> Amen. You know, <laughs> I've, I've often heard people, even pastors, make this statement, oh, that I wish that I were like the Apostle Paul, that I could say for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Oh, that I would be able to say I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Oh, that I would be able to say that. Well, that's the point of the Bible, that you say that. It's not for you just to read that and say, hey, you know what, I've just finished reading my Bible. I've just finished reading my daily Bible plan and I have finished my, my daily duty for June 17th. No. <laughs> you want to read it and apply it to yourself and say, Ooh, that's me. That's me. That blessed man in Psalm 112, that is me. Ooh. When you read 1 Peter 2.24, 2, by stripes you were healed. Ooh, that is me. When we're blessed above all, you know, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. When we're blessed with all of Abraham's blessing, that's talking about me. Praise the Lord. All right, so faith comes by hearing. How many of you know healing comes by hearing as well? Luke chapter 5 and verse 15. People were gathering around Jesus, but so much the more there went a fame abroad of him. And great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed of their infirmities. Yeah. Amen. A lot of people want the healing, but before the healing, you're going to have to have the hearing. We were just so blessed to be part of an of a of a ministry. They had healing school from Monday through Friday, and you know one of the ways that you know healing came is by people sitting under the word day after day after day because it takes it takes not only knowledge but faith in that knowledge to understand and to believe that you're the healed. Amen. So. Healing comes by hearing as well. Um, you know, the blessing comes by hearing. It shall come to pass that if you shall diligently hearken, the word hearken is more than just listening. It means you're going to hear it with a mindset, I'm going to do this. How um, You know, that makes the difference. Right? You can hear all you want, but if you don't decide that you're going to be a doer of it, then yes, you will be the person that can quote the Bible from Genesis chapter 1 all the way to Paul's maps. <laughs> right? But just because you can quote it and you know the 
address of it does not mean that you got it working in your life. You're going to have to hear it the way the Bible says with the intent. I'm going to be a doer of that word that I hear. It shall come to pass if you shall hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God to observe and to do all of his commandments which I command you this day that the Lord your God will set you on high above all nations of the earth. Did you know that's what God has in mind? Right? For, for the nation of Israel but even more so now that we are in the new covenant he wants to set you up on high. How does he set you on high? He sets you on high by favoring you, by blessing you, by you being the head and not the tail, by you being above only and never be beneath. That's, that's how the world knows and can see that there is a God. If you're walking around, you know, broke and can't, you know, meet your, you know, you, you can't pay your bills and you're sick and you're not doing well, defeated all the time, that's not really glorifying to, to God. Now that's not criticism, you know, I'm just here to tell you, you can make some changes. But the changes don't automatically come, they come as you hear the word. Amen. If you will hearken diligently to the Lord your God, to the voice of the Lord your God, to observe and to do all of his commandments, which I command you this day, I will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on you, ooh, that's good, and overtake you. So even if you're speeding down the highway, you can't help. <laughs> I know we got some RCM people here, you know, but, but even if you would be doing that, even if you would be speeding, those blessings would overtake you. It's kind of a nice thing, isn't it? All these blessings shall come on you and they shall overtake you if. Now the if means it's not going to automatically happen if you do this. If you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. Now we have a really good example in the woman with the issue of blood. You remember her, right? You know, you find it in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5, a certain woman who had an issue of blood 12 years. She had suffered many things of many physicians, had spent all that she had, was nothing better, but rather grew worse. What do we got here? We got a person who's sick and who's broke. Right? Everything changed for her when what? When she heard of Jesus. Everything in her life began to change when she had heard of Jesus. Let me submit this to you. What you hear about Jesus is extremely important. Amen. That's why it's very important that you listen to the right message. That's why it's very important that you go to the right church. Isn't that right? You know, I mean, I'm not talking about the church in itself that can bring blessing to you or do damage to you. But what's being said, what is being, what is, what the message is of the church can mean, can be the difference of life and death. Can be the difference of sickness and health. Can be the difference of blessing and the curse. It depends on what you hear. Right? So that's why... We are strong in what we believe, strong in what we teach, that Jesus is the Savior. 
We're strong in what we believe and what we teach. That Jesus is the healer. Amen. He is. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. Amen. He is the one who sets you free. He is the one who is the soon coming king. Hallelujah. We make no bones about that because that's what the Bible says he, he is. And we're, we're not going to water that down ever. Thank you for that enthusiasm. <laughs> Amen. Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the healer. He is your financer. He meets all of your needs. He is the blesser. He's the soon coming king. He is the one who will baptize you into the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. So I would say this. What you hear is extremely important. Amen. Not only what you hear, but the measure. It's the measure that, that you hear that's what's going to make the difference as well. Does that make sense, right? Because you could have just a small measure, right? Just on a, on a Sunday morning and, you know, a little dab will do you. So you go through the week that way, you know, hoping that you're going to make it through the week. But no, the more you pay attention to what the Word says, the more you have ears to hear, the more you set yourself as one scripture says, Isaiah chapter 50, I believe it is, you know, chapter 50, verses 4 and 5, you have ears to hear as the learned. Hallelujah. You know, the, the Bible says, or, you know, it's been prophesied about Jesus that he heard as the learned. Amen. He, he was woken up by, by the Spirit of God morning after morning, and he would hear as the learn. Well, that's been my statement. That, you know, that's what I declare. My, my confession is that the Lord my God will wake me every morning, and I hear as the learned. Amen. I'm not going to get up, and the first thing I do is get on the news. <laughs> Amen. Because, you know, if, if you start doing that after, after a while, then the things that you hear will breed fear in you. And you're going to start acting on it. Oh, what are we going to do? 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 What if the dollar fails? What if this happens? What if that happens? What if the economy tanks? What? And you can come up with a list of reasons why you should be fearful. Amen. But I got good, good news for you. Like I started to say, because you've kept the word of my patience, I will, I will, I will set you free. Well, I'm, I'm not using the right word, but I will take you out of the tribulation that's going to come upon the face of the earth. Did you know that the same flood that killed the entire population of the earth at one time is the same flood? That saved Noah and his family? What's the difference? Well, the difference was that he heard from God about what to do about the flood. And the same flood that killed everybody else saved him and his family. All he needed to do, all he needed to do is build himself a little boat. Isn't that right? So you don't need to, you don't need to worry about the future. You're in good hands. And that's not an insurance company. <laughs> You're in the palm of his hand. And no man, whoo, hallelujah, no man is able to pluck you out of his hand. 
Trust Him enough that He will give you the wisdom. Trust Him enough that He will give you the plan that when the time comes that you're going to have to do something, He will reveal the plan to you. And He will. Amen. Did you know the, that you know people are going through storms? But isn't it interesting that the eagle he will he will use the updraft of of that storm. He will use those wind currents of that storm, and instead of going through the storm, he because of those drafts he is lifted above the storm. He's looking over top of the storm. Here we are talking about, well, you know, we're going to have to go through the tribulation. The Bible just told us, you know, Jesus just said, he's going to take you out. He's going to lift you up and take you over and out of the tribulation, out of the problems. Everything that this world is going to go through, you don't have to go through. No, you can if you want to. But the good news is you don't have to. You don't have to. If you have ears to hear. If you have ears to hear as the learned, as a discipled one, as a taught one, thank God, he is able to give you the plan. Just like he gave the plan to Noah. You know, just build, build, a, build a boat. Now, Noah didn't know what he's doing. Right? He's just building, building the ark. Did you know that... The experts, <laughs> the experts built, built the Titanic, but Noah built the ark. <laughs> That's something to think about, isn't it? So he just built according to the, to the plan of God. And when everybody was killed, every, you know, not just every living thing was killed, he's coming up alive. God said, I'm going to start over with, with you. Praise the Lord. That's pretty decent. Isn't it? So all I'm saying with this, you don't worry about the future. You do what the Word says. You do what God tells you to do. You listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah, Brother John, I've got such a hard time, you know, hearing him. I don't know if I'm listening to God or listening to the devil or listening to someone else. Make it very simple. My sheep hear my voice. Amen. We had a gentleman one, one time and we were talking about that very topic that, you know, my sheep hear my voice. You don't have to worry about it. Just make it real simple for yourself. Just by faith, believe, believe that, that you are able to hear the, the voice of the Lord your God, of your good shepherd. And so he came and he, he was like, he actually talked to Ingrid about it and he said, you know what, I really don't know. You know, if I'm hearing right. Like, I really don't know if I can hear God the way you guys are talking about. I said, well, you know, so Ingrid told him, you have to start by faith. Right? Just, just start saying to yourself, I am, I am one of his sheep, and he is my shepherd, and I do hear his voice. And so about, uh, I think it was two weeks later or so, he came back, and he was thrilled. He was absolutely thrilled because he said, uh, you know, that something, I can't remember exactly, something happened to him. He, you know, God told him something, and it was really bizarre to him. He found it very, very strange that what he heard, because he had never heard of, of anything like it, God told him to take a job in a different city in a different place. But after he did it, then he found out why. So God told him up front what to, what to do. He followed it, and it came out all right for him. Not only, only all right, he came out better, I believe. So that's, that's, who, that's who God is. All right. Not only do you pay attention to what you hear, 
But notice what Jesus said in the Gospel of Luke chapter 8 and verse 18. He said, Take heed therefore how you hear. For whoever has, to him shall be given. Whoever has not, from him shall be taken even that which he seems to have. Amen. Poverty, prosperity has nothing to do with politics, government, education, geographical lo locations. got everything, everything to do with what you hear and with how you hear it. What measure do you take? You want me to prove that to you? Okay. Okay, well, there's a, there's a story in the Bible. Uh, i got to find it really quick. It's not on here, so where would it be? It's in my Bible. Okay, you're going to have to just turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. I thought I would have it written down, but I did not. Very interesting story. Now they're crying. In verse 1, we're going to read verse 1 through 7. Hopefully you can follow me. It says, Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have at home? And she said, Your handmaid has not anything in the house except a pot of oil. Now do you mind if I make a few comments here? Very simple here, right? So here's a, here's a lady, her husband was one of the prophets, you know, who went to this prophet school. He passed away. And so she's left without an income. And so the only way back in those days, if you don't, if you're not able to pay off your debt, you're going to have to sell your kids. If you pay off, if you can't pay off your MasterCard, you're going to have to sell your kids. So that's, that's where she's, that's, that's what she's up, up against. So she doesn't want to do that. So she says to the prophet, she said, uh, Prophet Elisha, your servant, my husband is dead. So, you know, Elisha picks up on that. He, she wants me to do something about it. So he asked the question, what have you got at home? Isn't that interesting? God always makes you conscious of what you have, not of what you don't have. Amen. It's the devil that likes to work with what you don't have. Well, you don't have parents. You don't have an education. You know, you don't have this, you don't have that, you don't have money, you don't have whatever it is, you can fill in the blanks. So don't go there, because God never makes you aware or conscious of what you don't have. He always makes you aware and conscious of what you do have. Well, what did you have at home? Not a whole lot, just a pot of oil. Okay, this is so, this is what he said. Okay, this is what you're going to do. Now keep in mind, this lady does not know the whole story, right? We, we know the whole story, so we've got the luxury of hindsight. We can go back and see what took place. But you're going to have to keep in mind, she heard fragmented, fragmented information that she acts upon. Is that right? All right. So he said, okay. Go borrow some, some vessels abroad from all your neighbors, even empty vessels. Gives her a little clue. Don't borrow a few. 
So what is he saying? You know, get as many pots and pans and vessels as possible. That's what he says. You know, make sure you don't just get a few. Get a whole lot. Borrow not a few. Verse 4. And when you are coming, you shall shut the door upon you and upon your sons. And you shall pour out into all those vessels. And you shall set aside that which is full. So she went from him, she shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel anymore. And the oil stayed. Alright, so, so far so good, right? She does exactly what the prophet told her, she goes out, she gets her sons involved, get as many pots and pans, get as many vessels, get as many, uh, you know, things that we can pour out as possible, and they start pouring out the oil. And the oil is poured. That's the miracle. Right? That's the miracle. That's what God did. You know, He's the instigator of that miracle. But what I want you to notice is it went, that miracle went as far as she measured it. Right? So she did exactly what the prophet told, but she does not know the whole picture. She just does it step by step as the information becomes available to her. Does that make sense? So she's done. She's done everything she knows to do. Then she goes back to the prophet, and she said in verse 7, Then she came and told the man of God, He said, Go sell the oil, Pay your debt and live and your children off the rest. Whew, that's pretty good. Isn't that right? So she had prosperity, not only according to God instigating a miracle, but also according to how she heard it. Is that right? You know, the way that she heard it has, has a lot to do with how far that her blessing went. You know, let's say that she just said, you know what, that she might have felt a little bit embarrassed about it and said, you know what, I don't really feel like going to all my neighbors and ask them for pots and pants and vessels. You know, what are they going to think? Right? And let's say that she just came up with a few pots, a few pants, a few vessels, you know, then her miracle would have been according to how she measured it and it would have been very little. I'm so glad that we have record that she took it to heart. Isn't that right? She, she took it to heart. And then she heard, okay, now what you do is you're going to sell the oil. And when you sell the oil, you will be able to pay of your debt. Ooh, glory to God. Your sons can stay at home. They're not going to be taken away by the creditor. Not only that, but you'll be able, you and your family, you will be able to live of the rest of the sale of the profits of that oil. I think that's pretty cool. Amen. This is God's system. Right? God is the miracle worker. God is the healer. God is the one who does the supernatural. But everything that he does is according to how you hear. Not only is everything according to how you hear, everything is according to 
what you hear. Isn't that right? So it sometimes looks like, well, some people seem to have more than, than other people. Some Christians seem to have more than other Christians. It's not fair. Well, <laughs> could it have something to do with how you hear it? Let me ask that again. Could it be, could it have something to do with not only what you hear, but how you hear? Amen. All right, let me go back to my uh, pro presenter. Oh man, things are looking up. <laughs> I've never had it this good. It's all working. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So how do you have ears to hear? Well, number one, you have to decide to have ears to hear. We just talked about that. Number two, ask the Lord to give you ears to hear. Right? Jesus, it's written, prophesied about Jesus, that he woke up every morning. He woke up every morning and he heard as the learned. Amen. That's something you can decide for your own self. What's the first thing that you're doing in the morning? You know, what, what do you do with your cup of coffee? Are you going to read the newspaper? Are you going to turn the news media on? Well, it's good for information. Yeah, but you have to keep in mind it's going to bring a lot of fear in your life and you don't even notice. You think it's normal. That's why Jesus said, you know, you make sure that you don't think that the darkness that's in you is actually light. Isn't that right? Because whatever you feed your spirit, you think that's normal. Whatever you hear, you think that's normal after a while. You may hear something that you've never heard before, and at first you may totally re reject it and say, ah, it can't be. But if you keep listening to it, especially if it's the Word, I mean, when I first heard about tithing, dear God, I, you know, I thought, man, i got to pay my taxes, i got to pay my fines, and now i got to pay God. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that i got to pay for. But if you hear it, and you hear it, and you hear it after a while, it becomes normal. When I first heard about healing, I thought, dear God, that sounds nice if it were only true. <laughs> right? That's what I thought. Because I had heard the opposite. In the, in the circles that I was in, <laughs> including church, we, we heard about healing. We knew that God could, but we just didn't think it was His will anymore. Because, you know, God did all of those things just to get the church going. But now that we've been going and are doing so well, it doesn't need that anymore. That's what I thought. That's what I heard. Amen. I thought that God only blesses certain people. Right? You have to be really holy. Holy like, like Moses. Well, I don't qualify. <laughs> right? So I thought, well, you know, everybody else is getting blessed. You know, other people who are living right. I'm not living right. So, so the blessing can never come on me. That's what I heard. So I, I needed to hear something else. I needed, to, I needed to hear what the gospel actually says. Right? How many of you know the gospel is still good news? <laughs> it's good news to the poor. It's good news to the brokenhearted. It is good news to those who are in prison. It's good news to, to those who are sick and broke. 
It's good news to those who can't get free from, from sin. Because if you stick with it, Jesus made the statement, if you continue, how I many of those are three very important words. If you continue in my word, then you will be my disciples, my taught ones, indeed, in doing so. And you will know the truth. And knowing the truth does not just mean that you've got knowledge of it. It means this. You, you, you literally own it. Amen. You own the truth. And the truth that you know, the truth that you own will make you free. Absolutely make you free. Ooh, that's good news. Hallelujah. All right. So... Ask the Lord to give you ears to hear. Num number three, set a time. Set a time in your daily schedule just to, talk to just to talk to Him. Just to talk to the Holy Spirit. Psalm 143 verse 7. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning. That's what He does. Right? Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning. And He will. He'll, you know, he'll start talking to you. He'll, he'll start talking love to you. He'll talk mercy to you. His mercies are new every morning. Some of you should be very thankful about this new day. Because <laughs> his mercy is brand new. And it's not that he had to make up a new batch. <laughs> you know, it's just fresh all the time. Praise the Lord. It's just that you experience it as new every, every morning. His mercies are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. That's, a, that's not in the Bible. That's a hymn, but you get it. <laughs> All right. So this is a very important factor as well in what we're talking about. We're going to close with this. I'm, I may give the floor to my wife in just a few moments. But, you know, if, if I would ask you the question. Have I already answered that? Yes. <laughs> if I would ask you the question, you know, who do you believe more, God or you? I know many of you, you would say, well, I believe God more because that would be the pious way to answer that question. But it's not the truth. Amen. It's not the truth. You believe you more than God. And the reason why, that's not criticism. That's the way you were created. You were created to believe you, yourself, more than God. So what did God do? <laughs> he came up with a system with His Word. And this is what He said. This is my covenant. Isaiah 59 verse 21. As for me, this is my covenant with them. Says the Lord, my spirit that is upon you and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart out of your mouth, nor out of the mouth of your seed, nor out of the mouth of your seed, seed said the Lord, from henceforth and forever. How many of you know that's very important? Right? God has given you words. He's giving you words. He wants to put His word in your mouth. Amen. So don't just read the Bible, but just word it, right? Speak it so that you hear yourself say it. Why would that be? Because you believe you more than you do God. Amen. And by doing so, you are schooling 
yourself into talking like God, thinking like God, acting like God on this earth. What a system. Now, you can't come up with your own words. Say, well, I don't believe that stuff. I want to do my own thing. Okay. <laughs> you can do your own thing, and you will have your own way, and you will have your own results, which are usually not that good. <laughs> so why don't you shift it? Why don't you change it? Because this is a promise, right? The, the same spirit and the word and the same word that's on you is talking, you know, to uh, through Isaiah about the Lord Jesus Christ. The same spirit that's upon you, the same word that's in you shall be in your seed and in your children's seed as well. Amen. Can you see how the system works? Can you see that in, in order for you to have what God has, you're going to have to say what He has so that you can hear what He says. Praise the Lord. Now there's one factor that I've noticed you know, over, over the years that's just, really, that's just really damaging. Right? It goes with the parable of the sower. And you, know, we, we, and you know what the parable of the sowers is all about. The sower sows the seed. Right? That's what he does. God is not a respecter of persons. Pastor Joel said, he sows the seed. You know, he doesn't say, you know what, I don't like that land over, over there. I'm not going to sow there. No, he is sowing, sowing the seed all the time. Sowing. He is sowing. And he is sowing. Now, how we respond to the seed has everything to do with whether, get, whether, whether we get 30-fold, 60-fold, or 100-fold. How you hear it. How do you hear it? Some of you hear it with, well, you know, well, I'm just glad maybe we get double. <laughs> well, that would be good. That would be a great place to, to start. For your shame, you shall have double. It's a measuring stick. How do you measure it? You can have, you can measure the word. Right? Double. Double is, is mentioned many, many times in, in the word. You can have it tenfold. You can have it thirtyfold, sixtyfold, a hundredfold. It's a good place to, to start. Right? But when Jesus was talking about the parable of the sower, he did give some reasons why people were not able to produce more. And the reasons being were because the cares of this world. Right? It just chokes the seed. It chokes, it chokes what you hear. You can get worried about the stuff that's on the outside. You know, the cares of this world and the, and the lust of the riches. You know, you can, you, you're able to get stuff for the wrong reasons. You know, I mean, that will choke the word as well. But then there's one, one item that, that I believe that kills more I don't want to say kill in the sense of, you know, that it literally physically kills you, but it does more damage to Christians than any other force, and that's the force of offense. Amen. It's so easy to become offended because, well, it doesn't seem to work. Well, that's why you got to stick with it. Right? And don't get offended. Just stick with it. It's, uh, it's the, 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 the people who, who get the promise, who receive the promises are the ones who are the people of faith and patience. Amen. Faith says, I believe I got it now. Right? You know, you have a hope set in front of you. I see myself there. I see myself doing that. I see myself with all of these things. 
Right? That's, that's a hope that God has given you. By faith, if you've got faith in the word, you can now say, I believe that I receive. That's mine right now. I got it right, right now. But if you don't see it next day, or the next week, or sometimes the next year, or if you don't see some of the things in the next decade, don't worry about it. Stick with it. You got it. It's yours. It belongs to you. Amen. So you have to stick with it and don't become offended. Offended with the word. Offended with people around you. Amen. Would you like to say something about that? I think it's important. Now, let me, let me say this. You know, when we first started out, when we first started out in, in, in ministry, you know, we came on as uh, associate pastors, youth pastor, music leader. I don't know. We did a whole bunch of stuff. We did everything the pastor did not want to do. <laughs> so, and that was a lot. <laughs> so we did all of those things. And then Sheila came over to our house one time. And she had an article on one of the pastors in Tulsa who was running about 12,000. I think we were running about 12 at the time. <laughs> so, but this article, uh, you know, it, it wasn't an interview with this pastor. And they asked a question, you know, why, how, what, what would you base your, your, your success on? Like what made you a successful pastor that you got about 12,000 people in your church? And so I started to read the article. Thank you, Sheila. It was a very good article. And I, <laughs> and I remember thinking, okay, you know, there's got to be some wisdom that I'm not really up on, right? Because we got about 12 at this moment. And uh, so we're reading, or I am, I am reading this. And he only made one statement. He said, if you as a pastor will never become offended, they'll never become offended, you will make it. I thought, that's it. <laughs> That's it. All I got to do is not become offended. Dear God, that's easy, I thought. But having done this for over 30 years, I must say, uh, there's a lot of truth. <laughs> there's a lot of truth in that statement. Amen. Because anybody, I mean anybody can become offended. And the problem with that is you don't know it. You think it's normal. Right? It's, it's such a strong filter in you that you think, God told me. And you were led by the Spirit. And the truth of the matter is you were led by an offense. Oh. You should go further into that. Well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to set it up for you. Because <laughs> I'm kind of done now. That's as far as I can take it. So, <laughs> um, well, yeah, you know, people. We've done this for a while now, thirty years or so, 30s, and, yeah. and people, pastors, young pastors, often say to us same question we had. Yeah, what does? How, what do you do? What's your? What's your? What's your most important thing? And I always, always, always say, never become offended. Always walk in love. That, yeah. I, to me, that's huge. And the nice thing about it, like, you don't have to be offended. It's like, you don't have to be. You get to choose. Like, your whole sermon, I was listening, you know, today, and I thought every step that you were saying is, it's something that you get to choose. You get to decide. You have the responsibility. Like, it's not your, 
parents' fault. It's not your husband's fault. It's not your wife's fault. It's not the government's fault. You get to choose. Yeah. You know, even like you believe yourself more than anyone else, also a choice. Yeah. You know, God says, yes, you can do this. Yes, you are whole and well. But you say, no, I can't. So which one are you going to choose? It's you get to choose. Am I going to become offended? Yes or no. Like you don't have to. And that's what can set you free. Right? That can set you free. Um, like, and then you think, okay, I've got this. You know, I'm, I'm really good at not becoming offended. I'm, you know, things happen to me. I get, someone pulls in front of me. Bless them. Lord, bless them. Right, Marcel? Bless them. And, and um, like, okay, I got that. Man, I'm just cruising right along. And then someone, um, a friend you thought was a friend or whatever, and you hear the grapevine, yeah, they said this about you. I got this. It's okay. I bless them. And then something else happens. And it just takes the carpet from underneath your feet and you find yourself laying on the ground. I think, How, what? I thought I was good at this. It, and the devil is sneaky. He goes about like a roaring lion. And like you said, you sometimes see things through the filter and you, you think you're right, but you're offended. So then you have to find in yourself, you must, must be honest with yourself. What's going on? Because you know. You know in your heart when there's something going on. You know in your life that... Ah, something's just not right. And you better be honest enough with yourself to figure out what's going on. Yeah. I had something going on in my life for a long time. I thought, oh, man, every time it would come what in was front that, of me. Man? What? What was that? Oh, uh, yeah, no. It would come in front of me, you know, all the time. Every time I would be presented with the same opportunity to be offended. And then I'd go home and I'd either cry because I was hurt or you're angry, so then, you, well, for me, I just hide away. I thought, this is ridiculous. Like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Lord, what's my answer? What, like, what's my deal? T can you just tell me exactly what's going on and the words to use so that I can get myself out of this? And he showed me. He totally showed me. He said, you know what? You're jealous. Yeah. Thought, what, me? You're jealous. And these are the words that you must speak. And this is what you must do. And like he gave me an outline what to do. And I thought, oh, yeah. I was so thankful. And it set me free. Yeah. It set God. me free. And then, of course, the opportunity comes again because, you know, you're a human. You live in this world. Oh, there there's, there's that whole thing again. But no, I know how to handle this now. So it didn't take me as long to get out of it. I knew how to handle it. And I'm so thankful. But I had to choose to decide to want to be free. Mm -hmm. Right? You got to want it. You gotta yeah. want it. You want, and you want it because, not only for your own sake, but your children are watching, your yeah. family's watching, yeah. and they are seeing what you're doing, and they'll learn from you, either way. Yeah. It's a huge responsibility to yeah. be a Christian. Yeah. It is. You can't just float and do what you want, right? You gotta decide. I want God, yeah. and I want His blessing. Yeah. And so you gotta walk in love. Yeah. No offense allowed. You just. You take your spot and you stand in it. I'm so thankful that you get to choose. Yeah. We get to choose. Amen. 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 Thank you. Amen. So that, that is a big deal, right? Persecution. Now notice it says persecution for the word's sake. Offenses for the word's sake. They're not meant to make you a better person. They were meant to, to do you in.
right? They were meant to harm you, destroy you. So persecution and offenses is really for the word's sake. Because the devil wants to get the word out of you. If he can get the word out of you, he's got you beat. Amen. Notice that Jesus didn't even talk about the people who were not there. Right? There were lots of people who, who did not come to his meetings. There were multitudes who did come, but you could be talking about the ones who did not come. Right? Well, why are they not here? They should be here. You know, what can we do to attract them? <laughs> right? He's not even talking about them. He's talking about the ones who came. Because, because it's the ones who came and heard the word, they now have a target on their back. Right? So that's why the devil will come with persecution, offense. He will come from the outside and put, you know, cares on the, and the lust of other things coming in. But then you can't, you can't decide if you're going to be good, good ground. Right? It does not automatically happen in the same way that ears to hear do not automatically happen. You're going to have to decide in yourself, that's me. Right? That's me. He's talking about me. I've got ears to hear. I'm the one who's going to get 30, 60, and 100 fold. Amen. If, if you don't make up your mind about that, nothing will ever happen. You just kind of go through life and do the best that you can with what you have. Thinking to yourself, you know, well, God must have allowed this, you know, for me to have this in my life. But no, 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 you get to choose. Amen. You get to choose 30, 60, or 100 fold, depending on, on the measure, on how you measure things. Right? And people measure things in different ways. I was telling you, I'm, 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 I'm quitting. I see the calendar is back up, or the time clock is back up. <laughs> so, but you know what? One of the things that I noticed. You know, from, from my own self, you know, shortly after, after I found about tithing, you know, somebody came and told me, well, do you tithe? I had no idea what it was. I thought she's talking about a tie. I said, well, I said, I don't wear a tie. No, not at this moment. Um, but, you know, she, she missed or she told me I misunderstood her. We're talking about a tithe. I said, I don't know what a tithe is. So that's what I found out. I got a tithe as well. So my next question was, <laughs> do you tithe? of your gross income or your net income. And she said to me, well, I don't think that God requires you to, to tithe of your gross. So that's how she measured it. But I thought, well, if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to go all out. <laughs> Amen. So the way that you measure it, according to what Jesus said, the way you hear it, the way you measure it, that's the way things are coming towards you. For whoever has, has what? Whatever you have based on what you've heard. If you have things based on what you have heard, then it's never going to be taken away from you. But if you base things on things that you did not hear from the Lord, right? Then you stand a good chance. You might lose the whole thing. So switch it. Switch it based on what, based on what you know. Because God has told some of you, He's told you some things, you know, it's not happened yet. But stick with it. It is going to come to pass in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 